Well, good evening. Great to see you, church. Hope you're having a fab weekend. I think there's a heat wave on its way. I'm really excited about that. So um, lots of barbecues coming up. I am sure. Welcome. If uh, this is your first time at Trinity, my name's Gareth, one of the leaders here. Great to have you with us. If you're listening online on podcast or watching um, on uh, YouTube, thanks so much for tuning in. We're in a, uh, a teaching series entitled Bodybuilding. Bodybuilding, building our core, uh, looking at 1 Peter. And if there was a title uh, for tonight's talk, it would be this, get fit, not fat. That's not a personal testimony. Um, Get fit, not fat. And um, I wonder, um, what would you rather be? Um, I wonder if we could put the picture up. Would you rather be fat pigeon or a sleek, lean, soaring machine of a dove. Um, there, there are two doves. That's a fat, the top left-hand picture is um, just a fat dove. Um, you can see that, sat on a fence, um, looking like it's just very, very happy, eaten a lot. And the other is also a dove called a rock dove. Apparently, doves and pigeons are all kind of like part of the same bird family. You can Wikipedia it if you don't believe me. But we're not here to um, have a presentation from the RSPB. We're talking about getting fit and building our core strength. And tonight I want to take us through what Peter um, gives us in terms of some exercises, I think, that we can take on board to help us be more fit and to build our core. Why? Because as followers of Jesus in this church, from this church, we want to make committed followers of Jesus who change communities and nations for him. That's what we're about. We're about making committed followers of Jesus who are going to change nations for him. And to do that, we need to be fit for purpose, fit for all that God wants us to do as we follow his call onto the front lines. One of the things that we've been talking about in the life of this church over the last 12 months is how can we be more fruitful on our front lines? I wonder what you would consider to be your front line. Maybe it's um, your workplace, maybe it's your family, maybe it's university, college, maybe it's school. That's your place of front line where you engage with other people who are perhaps not yet followers of Jesus and you seek to live out your life as a follower of Jesus, faithful to God's unique call where he's placed you. A couple of um, months ago, 18 months ago, um, I injured myself. I uh, injured myself um, laying some patio slabs in the garden. And in fact, I uh, slipped my disc on my left-hand side. It's um, been quite painful. That's why sometimes in worship I have to sit down or um, even occasionally when I've preached, I've had to sit down because my legs go numb and I I can't kind of feel feel my legs. But um, um, thankfully, um, through some exercises, it's been getting easier. Um, I'm a, I have been a member of gym for a, a gym for most of um, my life, and um, I found doing exercise, and particularly when I've had some guided exercises by a physio, that I found that the pain has been less, which is a good thing. And so this evening, I'm going to introduce us to some exercises. They'll already be familiar, I am absolutely sure, but they're probably exercises I imagine that sometimes um, drift 
They sometimes perhaps drift in our journey of faith. But I truly believe that these exercises that Peter introduces us to um, and introduces the early church to, which will be common to us if we're more intentional about them, our spiritual muscles will grow and our core will grow. You know, one of the, the, the physio that, that, I, that I'd been seeing was telling me how I need to build all of this around here. So I've been doing all these pelvic and kind of butt exercises, lunges and stuff. I mean, watch out Beyonce, this is getting nice, firm and tight and all that kind of stuff. But the great thing is that whilst it's been getting firm and tight, my pain has been decreasing. So I want you to imagine um, that we're going to go through some exercises. So we're going to have some abs of steel and some gold medal glutes, okay? Um, there is actually a book called Get a Gold Medal Butt. It's on Amazon, I can't believe it, written by Guerrero, Gary Guerrero. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this little picture, that awkward moment when you walk through the metal detectors at the airport and your abs of steel set them off. It's not been my experience, but maybe it's been your experience. So if you've not taken the time yet to read 1 Peter, can I encourage you to do so? Um, we're going to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4 now. So if you've got a Bible, turn it on, turn the pages. Um, there are some Bibles down here at the front if you haven't got one with you, because we're going to dip in and out of 1 Peter chapter 4. And if you've not yet read it, the whole of the book, can I encourage you to do so? It's a really encouraging book to, to read. Um, and I think it provides a lot of great advice for us in our context um, here in Cheltenham, surprisingly um, enough. Peter writes his letter about 30 years after the death of Jesus, and he writes to the Christian church that are scattered throughout Asia Minor, which is kind of modern-day Turkey. It's that, it's that place where some of us may have been on holiday. That's the, the scattered church that Peter is writing to. And Peter's writing to the Christians that have been sent out as missionaries, and they're experiencing persecution. Um, if you were here last Sunday evening, Laura talked about that call that God places on each and every one of us to be holy as God is holy, to stand out, to be distinctively different in our faith as followers of Jesus. We're aliens in a foreign land. We're, we're citizens of the kingdom of God here in Cheltenham or wherever you're from. We're citizens first and foremost in the kingdom of God. And we have the cause and the life of the kingdom of God as our mandate to build and advance the kingdom of God. And as these early Christians that have been scattered throughout Asia Minor are doing that, they're experiencing persecution. Now, if you're here in Cheltenham, you may not be encountering some levels of persecution. But I suspect that if we um, thought of perhaps some of the countries like Syria, it doesn't take us long to think of brothers and sisters in Christ that are experiencing such horrific persecution for their faith. And I think we're gonna see an increased persecution of the church in the UK over the next 10 years. And so while we may not be experiencing persecution yet, I hope that some of the exercises that we're gonna talk about tonight that help us to grow our core, our strength, will help us when we do encounter persecution. Even if your level of persecution is being bullied or, um, or offended for being a follower of Jesus. When I was a, when I was a, um, a teenager, 
came to faith at the age of 13 on a, a Christian camp and went back full of fire for faith um, and for, for witnessing it to my schoolmates. And because I did, I basically got picked on and bullied um, for being a follower of Jesus. And one of the ways that, I, um, that happened was that I would be walking around the school playground or um, the quadrangle and would be kind of playing football or whatever. And in the background would be kind of like, Jesus. And the reason that was, was because there was a song back in the day in the 80s, Thank You Jesus, Thank You Jesus, Thank You Jesus, Thank You Lord for loving me. And, um, and I was at a crusade once, a kind of Christian crusade, and then we were singing this song, and kind of like the song kind of stops at this pivotal moment, and then you go, <laughs> Jesus, a little bit like Match of the Day, or kind of like being at Anfield or something like that, but they don't sound, shout Jesus, they probably shout Rooney. Um, um, but when I was at this Christian crusade, what I didn't know, there were a bunch of friends from school that were at the back, at the back of, of this Christian crusade. And I was there with my family and my friends and my youth group, and we were worshiping Jesus. And there was this bunch of guys from school who really weren't interested in God. They'd just come to mock and kind of ridicule. Um, and that then continued throughout most of um, my um, school teenage years. I was very grateful to go off to college and to put, my, to, put to back um, with those friends. And so I experienced some of that, and you might experience some of that as you seek to stand firm in your faith in Jesus Christ, wherever you are, if it's at school, if it's at university. Um, it, it, it does happen, and it may be happening to you. So I hope you take courage from what Peter is going to give us. So I hope you're ready. Limber up. Let's get ready to dig into 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. 1 Peter 4, verse 7. The end of all things is near, Peter says. Um, don't worry, Peter is not predicting the doom and gloom as you might um, think. Peter is talking about the end times. He's recognizing that at any moment, Jesus Christ might return. And so Peter is writing to an audience where there's an expectancy for Jesus' return. And he's encouraging them to live their life with that expectancy that Jesus could return at any moment. I wonder if you're living with that expectancy in your faith, in your life, that Jesus may return at any moment. And so with that expectancy of Jesus' return, he says this, Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. If you've got your own Bible or on your phone, underline or highlight the word pray. Above all, love each other deeply. Underline or highlight that word love. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Underline or highlight the word covers. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Highlight the word hospitality. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Highlight that word gift or underline it. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, highlight that word speaks. They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, highlight that word serve. They should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The first exercise Peter wants us to train in 
as followers of Jesus and to be intentional about it is prayer. Are we intentional in our prayer life? Are you intentional about your prayer life? What does your prayer life look like? And Peter knows the power of prayer in his life. He knows that there's, when we pray, things happen. In Acts chapter 10, when God spoke to Peter, God spoke to Peter and gave him some very specific, clear instructions about what he was going to do, who he was going to meet, and what God was wanting him to, uh, the people that God was wanting to, him to engage with. Acts chapter 10, we read this. The next day, as they were on their journey, this is Peter and the disciples, and approaching the city, Peter went up to the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. Peter went up to the rooftop to pray, to get a fresh perspective in his journey of faith. I wonder if you need a fresh perspective in your journey of faith. I wonder if you need to see things more clearly. Maybe prayer will help in that. Peter needed a fresh perspective. He needed to know where he was going and what he was going to do. I wonder if you need to know where you're going and what you're doing. Prayer was where Peter found it. You see, prayer was the key. If you read on in Acts chapter 10, we read how Peter then goes on to Cornelius' house. He preaches the gospel to the Gentiles. Up until this moment, the gospel has only been communicated to the Jews. And at this point, when Peter goes up to the rooftop to pray, he has a vision. God gives him a vision and the Spirit speaks to him, basically saying, I want you to take the message of the gospel, the good news, everywhere beyond the Jewish people, to the Gentiles, to those who are considered unclean, to those who are considered dogs in the Bible, to those that Jews would usually kind of like spit on and walk the other side of the road, you know, from. They weren't particularly considered godly, holy people. I wonder if you know anyone like that. And then Peter says, take, God says to Peter, take the message to these people. And he gets this vision on this rooftop at a time of prayer. And you could argue, you could argue that if Peter hadn't responded to that vision that he received from God in prayer, that we may not be here today. I mean, think about it. If Peter hadn't gone to the Gentile world, if Peter hadn't answered God's call to, to, for, the, for, the, for the mission of God, to advance the kingdom of God beyond the people of Israel to the rest of the known world, that we may not be here. Of course, sovereignty of God, God would have probably taken the message through some other, some other route and we would, have, we would still be here. I'm sure I believe that. What would it look like if we did a similar thing to Peter? What would it look like if in our prayer lives, rather than speaking, you know, we've got one of these and two of these, we listened to the Lord? I'm not suggesting necessarily that you don't. I'm just speaking from my own personal life. You know, I know that so often in my prayer life, I talk to the Lord and I don't listen enough. I wonder what would happen in your school, in your university, in your workplace, if at the beginning of your day tomorrow you were in prayer and you just listened to the Lord and said, Lord, who do you want me to go to today? 
Bring someone to mind. Send me out, Father, into the world to honor you and glorify you with my life today. Empowered by your spirit, I wonder what tomorrow might look like for you. Who might God send you to? Who might God bring to mind in the same way that God brought to Peter's mind? The Gentiles. If you're here tonight and you want to know where God wants you to be and what he wants you to do, prayer is a muscle that we need to be exercising regularly. Which is why, you know, prayer for evangelism and witness, the little bracelet, the little leather wristband with five knots or the little card, you know, incredible reminder that helps us. Um, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I find helpful is uh, notifications on my phone that just come up throughout the day reminding me to pray. Some of them are for specific individuals. Some of them are times when my phone reminders come up and remind me to pray the Lord's Prayer. At other times, it's, it, it, um, my, my phone reminder asks me, you know, who am I making a friend of Jesus? That's one of my reminders on my phone on, the, on a daily basis. Who am I making a friend of Jesus? We need these intentional reminders. Why? Because we can sometimes be distracted. At every point of transition and move in my life, God spoke to me in prayer. When I was um, working for a church in central London, um, God, um, I was asking God, God, where are you leading me? What, 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 what? You know, it feels like you're, you're wanting to move us on from, from London. Where, 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 where is it, God? And um, and actually, from, the, from, from there, we went to California. I went to California. Um, and then when I came back from California, it was because I was answering a call that God had spoken to me in prayer. And when I was in London and, um, and I was seeking the Lord again because I was sensing God nudge me and move me on to Cheltenham, God spoke to me very, very clearly about Cheltenham and coming here and being here all happened in that context of intentional prayer, listening to the Lord, saying, God, send me. Where do you want me to go? And if you're here tonight and you're thinking, you're, maybe you're coming towards the end of university or maybe you're thinking what university to go to, well, maybe rather than allow UCAS to dictate where you go, maybe give that to the Lord. I'm not suggesting that you're not, but may birth it all in prayer, soak it all in prayer, say, God, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to honor you and glorify? I love it that, that um, you know, the three girls um, from the sea just got up tonight. You know, God has placed you girls here for this moment, for this season to be used as this year you lead the CU together. God's got a purpose and a plan for you girls this year. So exciting, so exciting. You know, when um, a little bit later in a couple of chapters of Acts, in Acts chapter 12, Peter finds himself in prison. And uh, Peter was kept in prison. In verse five, we read this. The church was earnestly praying to God for him. The church were calling out to God because Peter, their leader, was in prison for proclaiming the gospel. That's persecution, isn't it? Peter knew persecution. He knew about the, 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 the scattered church that was experiencing persecution. He understood why, because he'd experienced it himself. And here's the church praying for Peter to be released from prison. And then in Acts chapter 12, verse 6, we read this. 
The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, that's Peter, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on, on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's waist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. I have no idea why Peter was naked in prison, but he was. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He was like, he, it, Peter kind of thought he was dreaming. He thought that he was dreaming that he was being released from, um, from prison. He thought that he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards, verse 10, and came to the iron gates leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. And when they walked through, through the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him and Peter realized that he was free from prison. Prayers are the saints. If you ever find yourself in an emotional prison, maybe in a physical prison, you know, God through the prayers of the saints, can release that. Loved Adam's testimony tonight. Loved that. So much prayer for Adam that had gone on, I am sure, as part of Adam's you know, release from that kind of um, overshadowing, that darkness that was carrying him through. Ever found yourself in an impossible situation? Persistent prayer. You know, when you look at the life of Jesus, if you, were, if you were just to do a quick survey of Mark's gospel, of the life of Jesus, you know, Mark's gospel is, you know, time and time again, there are moments where, 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 um, where Mark describes how Jesus disappeared. He disappeared to a solitary place, or he'd get up in the middle of the night, or he'd get up early, or he'd spend the whole night doing what? In prayer. It was his prayer life that fueled his faith, that fueled, you know, and gave him instructions. It was his prayer life that released him into all the incredible things that we read about in the New Testament. In, um, in Romans 12, Peter says this, sorry, Paul says this, don't burn out. He's writing to the church in Rome. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Keep yourself fueled and aflame in your faith, in your walk with God. Be alert, servants of the master, servants of Jesus. Cheerfully be expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Prayer fuels and sets our hearts on flame as we commune, as we, we, as we have th those moments of intimacy with God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I hope you've got a prayer life that is deeply and utterly kind of like active in every way. And if it's not, here's an opportunity to, to take a health check. What are your prayer muscles like? What are your prayer muscles like? Oswald Chambers great writer, wrote a wonderful devotional book, My Utmost for His Highest, says this, prayer imparts the power to walk and not faint. If you want to keep going as a follower of Jesus, if you want to build your core, prayer. He says this as well, prayer is the answer to every problem there is. Got a problem? Prayer. Struggling with somebody? Prayer. Seeking God, not knowing where to go, get on our knees and pray. Prayer is one of the fundamental exercises of followers of Jesus. And if you're in a situation where you're desperately needing breakthrough, maybe at work with a boyfriend or girlfriend, your family or your health, prayer. 
And if you yourself feel that you cannot pray, I've been in, you know, one, there was one moment in my life when I was in a dark place. I was in a hurting place, heart really beaten up and hurt um, because of broken marriage. And, um, and because of that, I struggled to pray. Friends got around me and prayed. The prayers of the saints lifted me and brought me out of a dark place. How about you pray all the harder? Maybe you need a phone reminder. Maybe you need to join the intercessory group. There's details of that in the news sheet. Maybe you need to sign, sign up for an online prayer devotional that just drops in your inbox. You know, if you've not signed up for the Trinity prayer mail yet, please sign up for the, the, the prayer mail. There's about 250 of us on prayer mail, on, on prayer mail weekly, sometimes two or three times a week. And prayer mails going out for prayer needs, prayer requests, things that are happening in the life of this church. And we join together as the family of God, being the people of God, connected together how as we join together in prayer you know maybe you're um, it'll be helpful to have a prayer diary or a journal journaling some of your prayers some of the things that you're seeking God for some of the things that you're crying out to God maybe journal it and see how God answers maybe if you're in a life group or in a small group it's a whatsapp whatsapp prayer um, you know um, conversation set that up however you want to do it but be connected with each other let's be connected as the body of Christ persistently and consistently exercising our prayer muscles you know um, James Sims is uh, one of our interns and for those of you that, that don't know, you know James hasn't been around the last couple of weeks because um, just uh, two and a half weeks ago something like that um, he had a severe pain in his right side um, and he had a ruptured appendix thankfully um, someone I don't know if Luke Falvey's here said to him because he was in so much pain and he was trying to be really kind of like um, strong and was trying to kind of be a bit stoic about it um, Luke said to him you need to go to hospital he went to hospital ruptured appendix had it out loads of gunk and loads of horrible stuff in his stomach, which could have killed him. Um, some of that gunk was still in there, so he had to have tubes out. He had to have, uh, sorry, tubes coming in to get all the stuff out. And then he had some, um, he had, um, some fluid around his heart, which was severely um, restricting um, the, the expansion of his heart. It was, it, it was life-threatening. There were two kind of key moments in James's time in hospital where it was life-threatening. It was life-threatening when he'd ruptured his appendix. It was life-threatening when his heart um, had all this fluid around it and a cardiologist had to take an, a needle and stick it in his chest um, and not kind of puncture the heart to withdraw some of this fluid. Took out 600 milliliters of fluid that was around his heart and then a further tube that had to stay in that took out a further 400 milliliters of fluid. James would say if he was here and he's in hospital recovering and he's doing really well, he's, got, he's kind of going out and getting so, so, uh, sausage sandwiches and all kinds of things now, praise the Lord. Yeah, I can't, I, you don't know how happy he is that he's had a sausage sandwich. <laughs> if James were here tonight, he would say that his recovery is down to the incredible skill and the incredible um, medical, medics at Cheltenham General Hospital, amazing team and prayer. Thank God for, for medics and thank God for prayer. And thank you to that group of people that prayed and fasted for him last Sunday. James is on the mend. He's going to be back here in a couple of weeks as he takes his recovery. But the answer to prayer. How are we exercising our prayer muscles, church? The second muscle that Peter tells us to exercise is love. 
to love one another deeply. And in fact, Peter has said that same phrase, love one another deeply, a little bit earlier in chapter one, verse 22, when he said, love one another deeply from the heart. From the very core of who you are, love, love. I wonder how we're doing with the love muscle. I wonder how we're exercising our love for one another. I wonder today, you know, how people would say you have loved them. I wonder if you can think of the different people that you've interacted with today, how have you experienced the love of God from them or through them? But here's, here, here's the most um, critical thing that we need to, to um, walk away with. If we do not love if we do not love, the world will not see Jesus. The world will not see Jesus. How do I know that? Because Jesus said it. When you love one another, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If we love one another, they'll see it in the, in the congregation. They'll see it in the church. They'll see it as you exercise it in your workplace. People will see Jesus. They won't see Jesus if we don't love. You know, if you've got the, the passage open in 1 Peter 4, um, that verse that says, love one another, you know, Peter premises those words by saying, above all, above all, above absolutely everything else that you hear in my letter, above all the great wisdom that I might be giving you, Peter says, above all, love. There's one thing you might go away with here tonight. Love one another. Love each other. What does that look like? Well, um, Peter gives us a couple of examples, even just here in this passage. He says, um, be hospitable. Be hospitable. Offer hospitality to one another. That's just one example of how we might love. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Andrew was saying, you know, you know, are we just hospitable to our friends? Are we just hospitable to those who are in our kind of like immediate group or our life group? Or are we hospitable to the stranger? Are we hospitable to the stranger who may become a friend through our hospitality? I wonder if that's true for you. I'm asking myself, is that true for me, offering hospitality. One of the other examples that Peter gives in this passage here is when he, when he says this, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. I asked you to highlight that word cover. What does it mean to cover over a multitude of sins? I think it means to forgive, to grow in the generosity of forgiving one another. In fact, Jesus says if we can't forgive each other, then he can't forgive us. That's a hard word, isn't it? It's there in Matthew chapter six if you want to find it. But if we don't forgive other people, Jesus won't forgive us. So how are we doing as we exercise our love for one another with hospitality and with the freedom that we have to forgive others, even if 
They don't ask for forgiveness. You know, when the Bible teaches us to forgive, when we're instructed into the, in the Bible to forgive others, it's not if they come and ask for forgiveness. The command in the Bible is to forgive, irrespective of whether they come and ask us for forgiveness. Love forgives and love offers hospitality. It's the musical legend John Mayer, who I love, um, sang about the exercise of love when he wrote his song, Love is a Verb. don't know if you've listened to it. Love is a verb, it ain't a thing. It's not something you own, it's not something you scream. You've got to show, 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 show me that love is a verb. Your love is something that we live out. Are we living out our love muscles with one another and with those outside of the church? The third exercise Peter suggests to the church is in verse 10. When he says, each of you should use whatever gift, I ask you to underline that word, whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God has given each and every one of us specific interests, specific abilities to use to bring glory to his name and to advance the kingdom of God. Do you believe that? And when, when Peter says, you know, whatever gift, the implication is here is that everyone has at least one gift. I wonder if you know what your gifts are. What are the spiritual gifts that God's given you? What are the natural gifts that God has given you? You know, I, I'm praying that the gift that I think God's given me of communication, of sharing from God's word, he's blessing you at this moment. All the gifts that we've received from God are not for ourselves but they're to be exercised and given away to build up the body of the church as we each play our part in serving one another. Do you know what your gifts are? You know, the, the, the Bible's full of different lists of gifts. In Romans, in Romans 12, there's a gift list. In 1 Corinthians 12, there's a gift list. In, what, in Ephesians 4, there's a, uh, there's a gift list. And then in, then in others, there's, the Bible is ram full of the people of God exercising the gifts of God to build up the church. But we can only exercise our gifts if we know what they are. Do you know what they are? If you don't, go online. Type in spiritual gift lists or online spiritual gift test and just do a test. Or talk to your life group, talk to your friends and if you don't know what your gifts are, say, what do you think my gifts are? How can I grow in the gifts of God and the gifts of God are to be shared and by the way the Bible says that they're, they're irrevocable God doesn't take the gifts of the spirit away from us they're there to be used but what, what can happen is that we can sometimes allow the gifts of God to lay dormant in our lives because we don't exercise our muscles we don't exercise our spiritual gifts and as much as you can exercise your gifts from God in the life of the church, you are a gift to the church. You are a gift to this church. And if you're not from this church, you are a gift to the church where you worship on a regular basis and where you serve. And Peter gives a couple of examples of gifts. 
One of the examples he gives is of speaking. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. The one who speaks the very words of God. And this is not particularly just about preaching. I think this is also about evangelism. I think this is also about the prophetic. I think it's also about words of knowledge. I think it's also about the word of testimony. You know, when Adam got up and shared his testimony, the words of God were coming out. But here's the thing as well. We can only know the words of God when we're in the word of God. We can only really know the words of God when we're in the word of God. If you don't have a Bible, take one of these at the front. You can have it, or you can get one online. One of the things I've been rediscovering is kind of journaling and, and Bible reading, and um, this is a little uh, journal Bible, and this is really cool because it's got all the biblical text in the middle, and then it's got lines down the side, and um, I can write stuff on the side of it. Obviously, this page I haven't written on yet. I'm not, it's not like the whole pages of the Bible, I haven't got my scribble on yet. But here's the thing, we've got a couple of copies of um, some journal Bibles on the bookshelf. You can go and get one tonight so that you can get into God's Word and, and familiarise yourself with God's Word. There are a whole load of other ways in which, of course, you can do that. One of the other examples that Peter gives is of serving. Specific, the specific gift of serving. Of course, all gifts, when they're exercised, they're supposed to be done as, a, as an act of service to the church. But there, are, there is the particular gift of serving. It's encouraging. It's standing alongside. It's supporting. It's building others up. It's encouraging people in ministry, helping others in the church. The gift of You know, we have an incredible Alpha Task Force who serves all the guests that come here. We've got an amazing hosting team that serve, that have the gift of service. We've got an amazing team that serve in the office to help encourage and make all the things happen in the life of this church. If we didn't have people um, setting up chairs on a Sunday as, as some of our King's Table friends do as part of the life of this church, their act of serving is to set up chairs on a Friday for us so we can sit down and worship God. We've got an amazing techie team who serve us and help to make everything work. Here's the thing. The point that people want, Peter wants to make about exercising our gifts is it, it brings glory to God. When you exercise the gifts that God has given you, you bring glory to God. When you don't exercise the gifts that God has given you, we diminish the glory that may be his that we offer to him. It's not that God's glory is diminished, it's that the, that the glory that we give towards him by exercising our gifts is diminished. I don't know about you, but I wanna give God all the glory. I want to exercise every one of the gifts that God has given me to the best that I can to build up the church, to send us out, to be a mission agency here in Cheltenham so that thousands of people will come to faith in Jesus Christ. Some of you are not so sure. Three little exercises that can build our core. Praying passionately and persistently, loving one another deeply, and using our God-given gifts. How might you exercise those gifts this week? You know, maybe just remember those three things. Pray, love, and use my gifts. I wonder what would happen just this week if you were intentional, I was intentional about praying, loving, and using my gifts. What would happen? I think we'd see miracles. 
I think we'd see people come to faith in Jesus. I think we'd see people who are in bondage set free. I think we'd see people who are sick healed because there'd be an army released of prayers and lovers and givers. And the thing about God, you can't outgive God. Why don't we stand? If, um, if you're new or you're visiting us this evening, uh, we just give space at the end of each message for God to work by his spirit in our hearts, in our minds. Perhaps do some work of healing. Perhaps do some work of anointing or commissioning. I wonder what is the one thing you're going to take away from tonight. Just in this moment as we're standing, why don't we close our eyes? I'm going to pray. And I want to invite you in this moment. Ask God, what is the one thing he wants you to take away and put into practice tonight? Maybe it's being more intentional in your prayer life. Maybe it's loving someone that for the last couple of weeks you've really struggled to love. Maybe there's a need of forgiveness or an offer of hospitality like an olive branch to restore a relationship. Maybe it's you're gonna go away from here knowing that you don't know what your gifts are but you're gonna find out. And you're going to commit to using the gifts God has given you. What's the one thing if there is? We invite us in this moment to, as we've got our eyes closed, to hold out our hands. You know, God is the giver of gifts. And in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is described as the gift to the church, the gift to followers of Jesus, to help us be all that God has called us and created us to be in Christ Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who helps us. He's our helper. And so I encourage you in this moment, hold out your hands to receive a gift. Receive afresh tonight the gift of God's Holy Spirit for you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, fill me with the presence of Jesus. If you're visiting us tonight, I'd encourage you to engage with God in this way. Our experience has been that as we do this, we encounter more of the Spirit's presence in our lives. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come.
moment, we're just going to give space for prayer to pray for people. And we, we do that here down at the front. Not because there's any magic here at the front. It's just that we, we find it's easier to get around people and lay on hands and pray for people here at the front. And just as I was um, praying about tonight, I, I just felt there are a couple of groups of people that I think God wants us to pray for and that He wants to minister. God wants to minister to you tonight if you would come and just receive from Him. I think the first is that there are some that tonight you know that your gifts from God have been dormant. They've just lay there. You know God's gifted you, but they're just lying dormant. Can I just say the church needs you? The church needs your giftedness. We need you to serve. And when you don't use your gifts, we're missing out. So if, you've got a, if you know that you've got a gift from God and it feels like it's been dormant, can I invite you to come to the front now? Just come. And then we're going to pray. I think as well, I think there are some that the Lord is calling to the ministry of preaching. And um, you're not really sure what it looks like. You're not even sure kind of um, how that's going to happen. But you know that God's called you to preach the good news. If that's you, we want to pray for you. I think as well, I think the Lord is stirring up people in this church to plant new churches to start new expressions of church. Maybe in Cheltenham, I don't know where it is. Maybe it's further afield. Maybe it's part of our mission um, partnerships. I don't know. But if, if, if you have a sense that God is calling you to be a church planter, I think there's an anointing, there's an, there's an anointing tonight for you. as well when I talked about love and loving I think there's someone here I think it's I, I don't think it's many actually I think it's just maybe one person and if this is for you then I just encourage you to respond to the Lord I think there's someone here you've been burnt out by love you've been burnt out by the love of another you've been hurt you've been wounded and if that's you tonight I want to encourage you to come to the front that we can pray for you and just invite God's Spirit to come and bring healing to the heart so if any of that speaks to you I just want to invite you to come to the front now if you know you need a fresh touch of God if you're here this evening and you're sick or unwell just come to the front just come now just come now if you feel that your gifts have been dormant if you feel that God's calling you to preach if you feel that God might be calling you to step out to be a church planter if you're someone that's seeking to love and you've been burnt by another's love then just come just come now just come right to the front is that okay if we just come and stand right towards the front that'd be fab thank you just come 